0: Welcome to Deconstructing the Myth, a podcast exploring reasons why those who grew up in the American Evangelical Church are now leaving it behind. This is the second part in a two-part series with Jenny White. Today she talks about purity culture from a Christian perspective and how the church should start thinking and talking about healthy sexuality. Let's talk about something else you're passionate about, or maybe passionate against is the yes. more appropriate term. Um, purity culture, which we have another episode on. Mm-hmm. Um, Maria Stewart had talked about this, and mm-hmm. she is agnostic now, so her perspective, you know, will differ slightly from yours. But there's a lot of common ground. Yeah. Um, and so can you just tell us a little bit, a little bit about your background with the concept of purity culture yeah. and what led to your interest in this topic?
1: Yes. So um, I, I can start with my background because I've struggled with it myself I'm so much less so than many people, but it still has tainted a lot of my life and I've had mm. to f- struggle through it. And so I am very passionate about preventing anyone I can from going through the same struggles yeah. and I just hate it. So I am very passionate about that. Passionate about healthy sexuality. Very passionate about that. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I just, I want people to be healthy and I want them to not feel ashamed and to be, to live as we were created to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So background, Pretty culture was something that was also, I was steeped in throughout my childhood. Uh, even as a prepubescent child I was taught to wear a dark t-shirt and basketball shorts over my swimsuit to be modest so like Mm. very young this was kind of drilled into you especially as a girl your body is dangerous it shouldn't be seen it's it's scary you know those sort of things because when you're that young what else are you going to assume yeah I mean that's not crazy the boys don't really have to do that typically Mm. also frustrating (laughs) Just because it's like, well, that's okay if we see their bodies, but they can't see ours, even if we're 11 or even younger than 11. I mean, even if we're eight, nine years old, it's still something that we have to be, that we're different other, and it's shameful. Mm. So uh, the older I grew, I was repeatedly taught that men and women are fundamentally different in that men were made to be leaders and instigators and women are made to nurture and support, Mm -hmm. which is difficult for me. (laughs) So, no. (laughs) And these gender differences. uh, One of the main reasons that women's modesty is so important because men are created to be visual, Mm. and women definitely can never visually lust. That wasn't said, but it kind of was. Men have a need you'll never have, and you have to protect them from experiencing any unwanted desire. I guess. Mm. And so these are things that I kept hearing, and that kind of was used to validate placing the responsibility of influence men's lust on women and how you would do that is modesty. And that whole thing is kind of purity culture and what modesty is, is also very confusing. Like how do I know if I'm being modest enough? Mm. That's stressful. Yeah. Going out in public or being around my family even like, ugh. so I became really distrustful of men and it was always very uneasy around really any men boys, because i always assumed they were sexualizing me constantly Hmm. not that that couldn't happen or i'm sure it did yeah but it's just like the idea that men can't help it they can't help it and it's up to you to wear something appropriate and not act in such a way that would draw attention to yourself and then they won't lust after you because if you show a little shoulder Hmm. they're going to be undressing you and it's kind of your fault and so that's it's really scary being told like you can't ever be alone with a man like you can't be alone in, in an elevator you can't ever oh, be wow. alone in a car you can't be alone in a building like it's just very and so it's like i have to be very careful oh my gosh if, yeah. we, if i time this wrong we might be in a stairwell together where it's like so somebody you don't even know i'm not talking like a dating situation just like yeah that's all it takes is just a second alone with a oh total goodness. stranger
0: that's how scary it was and kind of how it was, was even more more hardcore than mine
1: even wow that's yeah that's wild yeah it was yeah don't ever be alone yeah it's so it's like okay
0: what's gonna happen
1: like how so you felt did you feel a very strong
0: safety concern for yourself for myself okay it's not just me so when i talked to marie about this she had said like her main emphasis was like you cannot cause your brother to stumble safety wasn't as much of an issue but for me it
1: was safety it was safety because if he sees my shoulder or my ankle i'm using that facetiously but kind of not <laughs> yeah am i going to be raped in a stairwell by a man i don't know we're not uh, talking about date rape even we're just talking about a, a man stranger yeah. a stranger they're all that that's how scary it is because that's wild that's kind of how and i wasn't often but in the back of my mind i'm always thinking yeah that that could happen that could happen it's really scary yeah so definitely for me i have a strong self-preservation streak so someone else <laughs> is going to take it differently but for me it was very much like I'm, I could be in danger. Yeah. So, mm. but Man. again, like there were never actual rules. Like it was just like, just don't generally don't show your figure, but how do you know if you're not doing it yeah. too much? Cause you're also supposed to be attractive too. <laughs> so it's very confusing. Yeah. And that caused me some anxiety.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So I still am concerned about what I'm wearing. Yeah. Like what I'm wearing right now, this makes me nervous. Right? Yes. Oh my god. I know right now
0: I'm wearing like,
1: shorts but they're not even short short
0: yeah no (laughs) and elizabeth yeah
1: you're saying like thank you like they're not crazy like this is not but i would not have worn these a few years ago even wow and i would not want to be seen in public and so that's really how hard it was for me and yeah sometimes i just wear like a tank top and i just feel the freedom you feel feel the freedom Uh,
0: liberation (laughs) liberation um
1: so i also like i would be concerned that my husband was constantly checking women out like i wouldn't want him to ever be alone with someone not because he ever gave me any reason to doubt or even like he never did he's never been unfaithful he's never done anything or treated anyone disrespectfully yeah but i'm like well he can't help it though Mm. so if there's any ripped in our marriage if i think he's a little dissatisfied with something sexually or not then he's gonna see someone walking around wearing shorts yeah or <laughs> like, like you like me or you know he has yeah. a co-worker who was a woman and he he mentioned her in passing that because they worked together or she was a supervisor and i would think oh no like what if like ridiculous things yeah no wow. basis in reality completely unfounded but it was because well all men do this and you can't ever be friends with some of the opposite sex mm. and I hope, you know, Kenny never meets his supervisor in a stairwell, but like, (laughs) oh no, I know, but those are the things I would be worried about. Yeah. Yeah. That I just had to, had to reject and I know it's from that.
0: Yeah. From the whole, wow, that's a lot. So talking about modesty a Mm -hmm. little bit more. So uh, this concept of dress modestly, Mm -hmm. is that found in the Bible? No. (laughs) Shocker, but no. Okay. (laughs) so i mean the bible does mention being modest yes but what is it talking about when it does that do you think
1: uh i think it has to do with not being proud not um flaunting wealth so um i'm gonna read that verse you're probably referring to uh first timothy uh two nine through ten um it's often interpreted as paul telling women to cover up um, but the verse says, I also want the women to dress modestly, with decency and properly, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate to women who profess to worship God. Hmm. So um, you can also interpret this another way, and I'm going to take this from Sheila Ray Gregor's work. Uh, she's a Christian marriage researcher who's done a lot of uh, evidence-based work she's very focused on studies and doing things that um trying to figure out what god says but also interpreting that through the lens of evidence Mm. and what is actually good which is huge and so this is the these are her words and she says it's interesting that paul's version of modesty has absolutely nothing to do with causing men to lust or even about the shapes of women's bodies
0: Mm.
1: but everything to do with women dressing to look rich one of the big issues in the early church was a class divide. Rich people didn't tend to associate with poor people. So if a woman came into church wearing expensive jewelry and expensive hairstyling, they would make others feel excluded. And Paul didn't want anyone to feel excluded. Hmm. So that's kind of, when I read that, I was like, Oh wow, that makes way more sense. Yeah. So it's not, it's not about how short your skirt is. It's about how you're treating people
0: Hmm. and making
1: them feel welcome.
0: And clothes can play a role in that. Clothes can play a role.
1: Right. So it's like, what is appropriate for this situation? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's not this big... He's not talking about like anything sexual. Right. He's not talking
1: about anything sexual. He's talking about how you appear. Like, what is your appearance? Mm-hmm. Because he mentions your hairstyle. But it's about, is this going to make someone feel excluded? Because they had hairstyles that you had to have an, a servant do. You couldn't do it yourself. Oh, interesting. Um, so if you had this hairstyle, you were basically saying, I'm wealthy enough to have a servant and they did my hair, and it's beautiful, and you can't have that, and you, so there's a, there's a class divide. so it was saying, when we come together to meet, we're all equal, yeah, as Christians, and don't come in to places exhibiting wealth, and causing more division, where there doesn't need to be,
0: hmm, that's really interesting, so, I know that there are s- some verses that do sometimes mm-hmm. traditionally get translated about, um, appearance. Yeah. Um, and kind of in a sexual way. So yeah. one that came to mind was first Corinthians eleven fourteen 14 through 15 and this one says does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man has long hair it is, it is a disgrace to him but that if a woman has long hair it is her glory for long hair is given to her as a covering so even as i read that you mm-hmm. know I, I i get vibes right. and <laughs> my old conditioning of like you know we need to be covered because mm-hmm. we, we got the goods or something i don't know right. you know yeah. and so what what are your thoughts on like that verse this is a, it's a
1: tricky one, and I think we have to bring context into this to interpret it as well. Um, there is another expert I'm going to refer to here that I have okay. drawn on a lot, and Marg Mauchko, We're going to go with that. It's wrong 100%. I'm sure it's wrong. Marg is her name, and we can link. I'm sure. Like, can you link like in show notes? <laughs> I can link, you it, can in the show link notes. it in the show notes. We're struggling with her She's last a day. biblical scholar. I can't even say her name. Um, and she focuses on Christian, um, egalitarianism. Okay. And so she kind of addresses, she has a whole section on her website talking about difficult passages because there are many in the Bible that do on the face of it seem to say one thing and that's how we've interpreted it for hundreds of years. Mm. So it's important to dig into that and understand maybe you don't agree with everything she says, but just understand that there are valid interpretations. Okay. So This is what she says. The verses about hair length or hairstyles follow on from Paul's directive to the Corinthians to judge the matter among themselves. Namely, the Corinthians were to judge whether it was appropriate for a woman to pray with her head exposed, knowing that Paul and his colleagues have no such custom, and neither do the assemblies of God. The focus in these last few verses of the passage is on the culturally appropriate appearance of a woman. A man is mentioned in verse 14 in part as a comparison. Every culture has dress codes and hairstyles for men that are different from those for women, even if only slightly. In mid first century Corinth, long hair on women, worn up with bands and braids, and short, unadorned hair on men, was a socially respectable or socially respectable hairstyles. We know from 1 Corinthians 7, however, that some men and women were renouncing sex and marriage for reasons of piety. They may have worn hairstyles that reflected this renunciation and that concealed their sex. I think hmm. some women were cutting their hair short like there's name i can't pronounce theica okay and other early christian women we know of paul wanted these women with short hair to cover their heads because they didn't have hair that would be culturally um appropriate for the time hmm. um and yes paul did not want the corinthian men and women who were praying and prophesying to wear hairstyles that were sexually or morally confusing instead he wanted them to conform to established customs have that time in place so that they would not have a bad reputation in the broader community and to make his point he, appe- he appealed to nature that is to the common knowledge about like don't you know that women have long hair and men have shorter hair hmm. that that sort of thing and so this was a very short uh quote from her much longer article with many more references okay so i would direct people to that if mm, they and are yeah, we'll, interested yes we'll please link that
0: yes, so is the idea that this isn't necessarily any sort of sin issue, right. but, th- but kind of a distraction issue? It's is a
1: distraction a... issue. It can be. Again, so what is he really saying there? It was, why was he saying cover or um, wear something over your head? Uh, yeah, because it would be a distraction issue. It would be confusing to those to the culture around them. Hmm. They it, uh, they would really stand out. It might might confuse the message of God. So I think it is more like so. What so what's the purpose of what he's saying? And Paul was never, not never. I shouldn't say, but generally he was writing to very specific people because of very specific issues, and we yeah. need to understand what those were because that's two thousand years ago, and things do change. but yeah. What is the principle?
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good point.
1: And it's not about if you can see your curves. Like none of that was ever mentioned.
0: Yeah interesting so kind of let's get back to the modesty as a safety issue yeah because like i said this was a big deal for me Uh, in your research and experience is modesty ever a safety issue almost never okay um it's the
1: idea that wearing modest clothing will prevent sexual assault is a myth that's not what the research has found so Mm. there was a study done by a federal commission on crime violence and just 4.4 percent of all reported rapes involved provocative behavior um like behavior or dress is kind of how they lumped that in the study on the part of the victim and most convicted rapists could not remember what their victim was wearing oh my goodness like you don't think that yeah because i think we're all been internalized so if i cover up if i act a certain way i'll be less i'll be safer but that's actually not true unfortunately Mm. like it's it's not it's not that easy to protect yourself yeah um yeah, uh,
0: yeah that's it it's You're almost right. like a uh, it's almost like i wish it were because like, yeah. i wish we
1: could cover up and be safer yeah right uh it's the most surprising uh is that to me is that the study also found that women who had passive personalities and who tended to dress in layers long pants and sleeves and pie necklines are actually more likely to be raped because they seem passive oh wow which is almost scary think of like the very traditional fundamentalist christian and what a woman in that society might wear like that's they are at higher risk for hmm. sexual assault Wow. because they seem like they would be passive wow. and that's that's scary yeah so um i said yeah in one sense modesty is a safety issue um if you're too modest oh, that could be a safety issue wow um so basically what that means is if you stand out because you're dressing in a not culturally normative way you are at greater risk
0: interesting yeah
1: yeah and that's scary not that that there's scary. any ever excuse for someone who has been a victim yeah at all it's just statistically you may have a higher chance of being victimized.
0: But it doesn't matter how much skin you're showing. It doesn't matter. No. It's, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So this idea that that will help protect you is not true. And, you know, that's something I feel like I was... I can't remember specific sure. instance being taught that growing up, but I do think that was definitely the, vi- like the, the teaching that I internalized, yeah. at least for my parents. And so... I know you don't have kiddos yet. You've got fur babies babies. uh, who are completely covered. Oh, I have to say they're completely covered, but I I guess it depends on how you look at it. (laughs) They're either completely covered with fur or they're completely naked. Um, But what do you think we should tell children regarding modesty? So again, yeah, I
1: don't have kids. This could all change if I I ever (laughs) do. But uh, I would just totally change the narrative from being about modesty to being about wearing clothing that's appropriate. Okay. It's all about what's what's being appropriate and this is again going back to Sheila ray gregor's perspective and and the question that she asks about this is how do you dress in a way that is approachable and welcoming hmm so that kind of if you have that thought that's that, a, such
0: a positive framework yeah
1: it covers basically everything wow i mean if you think about it yeah. so we if we can just teach children of both genders to answer this question we'll teach them how to dress uh for a day at the beach where you might wear a bikini Mm. um or for a job interview where you should not wear a bikini as a <laughs> lifeguard right um or any anything in between really like if yeah. it's like this is approach one welcoming because going to grandma's church i think when we were talking about yeah. yes. this analogy is you might maybe you should wear something that's a little bit longer because um her demographic that's what that would make them feel welcomed and respected yeah. You going you're going to the a beach party, mm-hmm. then you maybe just want to wear your swimsuit, maybe a t shirt over it, whatever, mm-hmm. because you're you know, whatever kind of cover upper. Again. Yeah. Appropriateness. What is appropriate and makes other people feel comfortable.
0: Mm. And I can tell you know, some people would say, Well, my clothing choices shouldn't be about how you feel. No. Right? right. Uh, you know, and so what do you think of that? Does that change because we're Christians or? Is that because honestly, I can say that and yeah. I, I can agree with that, but I'm not going to go to Walmart literally like in even like neon clothes <laughs> because sure. I don't want that attention and I don't want to make, I don't know. Yeah. So what was my question here? But just, yeah. Do, does that emphasis on how the other person feels? Mm-hmm. I guess maybe my underlying question is, does that lend itself to purity culture in some way, though? I see where you're coming from. So yes and no. Okay. I think
1: there's a healthy balance instead of being concerned about how much skin am I showing because Mm. this person might stumble. It it is out of concern and care for the other person because we are called to love our neighbor. Yeah. Um, And we want to be marked by love by our actions. And that also I think, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. So show yourself this kind of love. So if you get into a situation where you're uncomfortable, then don't do it. Okay. So it's almost like a common sense thing. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, if you don't want to wear neon a neon outfit to Walmart, then don't. Yeah, or like you know you don't. Have, if someone is if a group wants to go to Walmart and they want to wear that, and you're like, I don't really want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a hypothetical. Doesn't make sense. That's but a strange. The same yeah. hypothetical, but yeah, then yeah. then show that same love and respect to yourself.
0: Okay. Yeah. But so I guess that's common sense. It's not. It's not like putting them ab- i guess because i was sort of mm-hmm. taught like put what the other person's going to think above uh, and you it's like not always i don't yeah. I think
1: that's actually kind of a unhealthy way i know i think it's coming possibly from a good place yeah. But that whole idea of i have to lay myself down sacrifici- sacrificially mm. and suffer for the sake of christ when maybe christ is not asking yeah. you to suffer in that way we need to be cognizant of because that's a yeah. huge theme in uh american Christian. yes it's huge so i disagree with that not sometimes we are called to suffer and we will but
0: that not in that way not in that way i think
1: you it takes discernment and maturity to parse that out sometimes yeah
0: and i do think you're right like it'll be nuanced because of particular situations for sure okay let's talk about abstinence because this is one of the big things um with purity culture abstinence until marriage mm-hmm. do you think this is the culprit behind purity culture as a christian your mm-hmm. your answer might be different than than those who aren't christians sure uh no
1: i don't think that abstinence before marriage is the root of purity culture okay uh because um historically speaking Uh, pretty culture developed in the 1990s and the idea of waiting to have sex until marriage is centuries old so that is my answer to
0: that question okay well (laughs) there you go short and factually so then in light of that Mm -hmm. because it abstinence before marriage i think you would agree is very much now a big part of purity culture or maybe i should yeah. say was like if, if you, that's the goal of that's culture, like kind I of think. yeah the pinnacle like, of that achieving is the goal. success so how if we're going to get rid of the negatives of purity culture do we deal with the concept of absence before marriage as christians mm-hmm.
1: i think you need to be having a lot many more nuanced conversations okay uh just scrap purity culture and don't even come at it like pr- forget everything you ever knew <laughs> okay. hopefully the next generation just will never know um but i say i do believe that sex is the most fulfilling and the most physically and emotionally safe in a committed re- relationship and that generally means marriage so mm. telling again my hypothetical children i think it is best to wait until you're married because of these reasons these evidence-based reasons aside from god's word which also tells us this and something that as a christian i do believe and follow yeah uh, I think that's important. Okay. But I think the why is important. Uh, why are we doing this? Well, because God, one, but also it make, it confirms that this is indeed what God intended. I think when you look at studies and you say, well, this is how the body works. This is how sex is the most fulfilling and enjoyable. Mm. This is when it's the best, typically. Mm. Um, even just as a purely, uh, talking about pleasure, uh, generally it's when you've been in a long-term relationship. Mm. Um those are important conversations to have, yeah. uh, uh, age-appropriate conversations to have with children to help them make up their own decisions because you can't please them 24-7. Yeah. So I think telling them the truth is important. Yeah. And recognize that many people have wonderful and fulfilling sex lives outside of marriage. Like, that's the thing you don't ever want to say as a Christian. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. It could be good if you're not married. Yeah.
1: Oh, no. And if we let people know that sex could be good without being married, then yeah. they're just all going to do it right now yeah which is not that's not true so uh you can also be married and um it, it can be just bland yeah, not a whole lot of fireworks yeah, or um it
0: could be abusive
1: and you mm-hmm. could be married and that also needs to be said yeah. marriage does not equal good sex
0: yeah that's definitely been a, something oh, i even a myth i would even say a myth. of purity culture yes
1: they have made it a myth because it the goal is to stop people from having sex. Yeah. And so they kind of just make up things that aren't actually evidence-based. Hmm. Um, so I said, I have a Christian ethic and I will encourage others to wait until yeah. marriage. If they ask my opinion, uh, that's, how I, that's how God created us, I believe. That's how he tells us to live. And that's the highest probability for a really happy and healthy sex life.
0: Hmm. So, and I think you've said that mm-hmm. you would still consider sex before marriage like a sin yes. however you said well tell me a little bit about that because i think i've heard a lot of the narrative like we need to stop making it be seen as a sin like that's what's causing people to have the shame that's what's causing all of this yeah i don't
1: think we should have shame in the way of like i can never let anyone ever know i'm it's awful and i've ruined my life I, I don't believe we should have that kind of like if people have sex before marriage. If people have sex before marriage, like because like let's be honest, almost everyone does, and it's fine. Mm. Like it's okay. Yeah, they're okay, and if you've done it, you're okay. It's okay. Like it is not the best way, I will say, but you're still okay because mm. we are all sinners and we all sin, and we have put sex outside of marriage on a pedestal and made an idol of it. Of the f- yeah, well, the how idol you- of shame. That's so <laughs> um, interesting. An pride. idol out of the fear of fornication. Oh, that, that's, that's, it, that crazy. is the idol that we've created and it just shouldn't be there. Cause yeah. I mentioned before, I have struggled with pride and I know that, and I will probably continue to struggle with it for the rest of my life. Hmm. And I can tell you that. And I can also say, I want to turn away from that. Yeah. And I catch myself, I catch it inside my spirit. Um, and I can talk to you about that and I can say, I, I do want to repent and I want to turn away from that. And I have a, repentance shame I guess yeah but not this I can this is never be shared I'm all alone it's also like I'm all alone in this so the all culture has done is if you kiss someone then it's like the same thing as sleeping with them hmm. and then like well you've already done it you've ruined it Yeah. you you all these analogies of it's like you're chewed gum or you're yeah. sti- not sticky anymore or you're a trodden flower I don't know so many yeah. things It's like you're ruined forever. So you might as well just keep on going.
0: Mm, Like you can't come back from
1: that. And if you ever get married, you're going to be carrying that baggage with you, which is not true. Yeah. It doesn't, is God so weak that he can't restore you or that he doesn't love you or that he doesn't care for you or any of those things? No, Yeah. no.
0: Wow. That's really interesting. Like I even, even in my spirit, when you were saying like, it's okay, it's okay. I was like, I have never, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that and in the same breath to say like i still believe it's a sin but then to have it's okay it's okay you know i don't know i think that's a beautiful i don't know the motivation changes the motivation changes for why for why you would why you would wait not fear yeah and if you do
1: if if you decide you want to wait and you slip up it's okay it's truly okay and that's what i want people to know
0: yeah yeah
1: and it doesn't define it doesn't define you it doesn't define your future it doesn't define your past doesn't change how God looks at you, which is with love, mm-hmm. deep love. Yeah. And I don't have children of my own, but I can look at children even. And that's I mean, that's how we're told to relate to God. That's how He sees us. Yeah. If your child does something that they shouldn't really do, does it for an instant change how much you love them? Mm-hmm. No. 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 Or how much you want them to feel accepted by you and embraced by you? No. Yeah. So that's how God, I think He sees us, and this is nuanced. For someone else in a very different place, yeah. it, maybe his love looks a little harsher,
0: hmm. but
1: I think for most of us coming out of the purity culture, that is not, and that, and you would know, like, I, it, God is God, he's love. Yeah. It's going to be out of love and you're going to know it's love. It's not
0: going to be fear or shame based and hmm. it's not of God. So what do you think the church can do to help heal some of these wounds that have been caused by purity culture? Uh, be open about talking about healthy sexuality.
1: Yeah. Um, get rid of unnecessary shame. Um,
0: Do you have any like practical steps yeah. forward someone could take? Mm. Just you know, in a service today, this is like a lot on you because we did okay. not prep this question <laughs> in the
1: service. Give me, give me some more details.
0: So, say we're in a, you know in a church service, mm-hmm. and someone comes forward and they say, "I've been really hurt by purity culture. Mm-hmm. I have." you know an unhealthy yeah. sex life with my husband <laughs> yeah because of shame you mm-hmm. know what is the church what should the church do in okay. that moment um
1: and that if someone came up to me and said that I would hug them metaphorically or physically and yeah. just say i'm so sorry this is wrong this is not what god intended and i'm so sorry that you're going through this it's mm. awful and it's wrong and it's not your fault yeah um and then there's healing mm. so this is a very specific to this person so there are there are themes of things that can go wrong huh. from purity cultures teachings but so this person is having trouble um with their sex life with their husband so they're married now but it mm. carries through so that could be vaginismus which is um pain maybe yeah. um maybe unable to have penetrative sex mm. due to pain um a libido mm. maybe one or the other has a very low libido, maybe the husband has also bought into this idea that men are created a certain way and that he deserves to have sex whenever it tickles his fancy. Mm. <laughs> you know, regardless of how his wife is feeling, that's also wrong and yeah. very damaging for uh, for both parties. Yeah. Um, maybe not immediately apparent from the husband's perspective, but actually it is, it's very yeah. bad. So what what are the issues? Where can we go for healing? Um, if it's a physical issue, a uh, pelvic floor therapist is mm. huge. Um, People don't often know about them, but it's just, I mean, if you have any, any trouble in the pelvic region, um, sexual or not, go see the pelvic floor therapist mm. there. I've done it myself. I encourage women, it, lots of women who have had children will go to the pelvic floor therapist. That's my little plug because I didn't really know. Yeah. It doesn't, it's, it's, it can be
0: life changing. Mm. So there <laughs> there's healing is what I would say. Okay. Before we finish up, I have a scenario I want to run by you. And this is, um, something I heard recently a Christian guy was approaching different women in his life, um, in his family and saying, hey, I need you guys to wear longer shorts, like that outfit you wore, that was causing me to stumble, like to lust. And I'm going to need you to Change that basically, and there's so much in there when I hear this scenario, like, there's so much to unpack. But just Mm -hmm. that sounds so, in one sense, so holy. No, it sounds like you're a predator, Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't. doesn't. No, I want no,
1: absolutely not. I want him saying, Okay, this guy is with it enough to realize he is dangerous, Um, he is dangerous,
0: yeah.
1: Um, he's not safe, he needs to make sure he's with his buddies at all times and says, I'm the person you need to be afraid of in the stairwell. Like that's me. I need help. I am sick. That huh. is not a healthy view of another person.
0: Huh. It's t- okay. Interesting. So, because if I'm remembering correctly, mm-hmm. you know, so the, the thought was, I can't be around you when you dress like that. You know, good then don't because, then you take yourself away. But how he's trying to battle this is by. Because I'm sure it's scary to tell yeah. people that. So I think in his mind he's like, I am doing the the thing God mm-hmm. wants by removing yes. this temptation. And to, Okay, I will back. I will walk
1: back a little bit of what I said in that someone, a man who is brought up being told there are books for men telling them all men lust, yeah. all men will struggle, yeah, and even if they didn't originally have that uh, have that struggle, yeah, that pornified view of 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 women. They maybe they developed it because they felt less than, like they weren't a man because they didn't have this struggle. Mm. That's something that can happen too. So, if he grew up hearing these things, women's bodies, um, I can't, I can't help myself. Yeah. Um. Then it kind of seems like, well, yeah, had is on women to cover up a certain way, but mm. actually, um, no, that's a problem with you, and yeah. it may be because you were told that you have this problem, and you think. And also noticing isn't lusting. So when hmm. he says I'm lusting, does he mean I notice that as a, an attractive woman? Yeah. Not lusting. Interesting. What does it mean? Like, what are you actually, are you having sexual fantasies about them? Are you taking it somewhere you shouldn't? Yeah. Maybe not even. Maybe it's just I'm uncomfortable because I was taught that if I see someone who's attractive, I'm sinning. And that's not true. It's hmm. not true. Yeah. So I would, I would ask some of those questions. And then I would say, okay, you actually have a very pornified view of women and you have kind of, you... For whatever reason, you really do struggle with that. Hmm. You are objectifying women. You're not seeing them as whole people. You're not respecting them. Okay. Um, There are a lot of... This is not my area of expertise. I don't struggle with this myself. So... um, I don't want to sound too harsh. Yeah. I also don't want to sound because I don't know, because what if someone is struggling and they hear this yeah. and I want them to know that there's also healing for them and they may have been taught very wrong and, and dangerous things and they're realizing this is wrong and I want to change and I applaud that. And I'm so proud.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I would say, yeah, that that is an issue with, even though, even if it's a, a good person, a good hearted man who is not trying to be this way, but has yeah. fallen into this. Yeah that problem still is with him. And hmm. that's just unfortunate because it shouldn't, maybe it didn't have to be. Um, how, how do you get to a place where you view a woman as a complete person and not as body parts? That's, hmm. that's the goal to see the person, yeah. not what they're wearing. Yeah. You see them, of course, physically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't, it's like if you would expect, um, this kind of maybe really, this may be really struggle with that when I was like, well, all men are created this way. Right. Um, I've gone to male doctors, Oh, I've gone yes. to male physical like they're they're male physical therapists, they're male doctors yeah. in all these situations they're expected to treat women and treat them respectfully and holistically, yeah, and so it's like, oh, I do expect men or like if there's a trainer at a gym, even you know, mm-hmm. I don't expect to be objectified in those situations yeah. or, and no one would stand for it if you were that would yeah. be illegal, you know you'd be disbarred or you'd lose your license mm. so um. I think that that may be difficult for some based on their past or maybe if they're into uh, pornography, it's a whole different thing, but this just objectification of women, if they have made that link in their brain and that's something that they've been trapped into, it can can be a lot of work, but I do believe there is freedom and I think it's important to realize that that's on you to not Mm. objectify. Um, and that's an expectation that we actually have if you look at men in different roles. hmm it's so this idea that all men do this is like, well, but not my doctor.
0: Yeah, interesting. you know,
1: it's like, oh wait, I don't expect him to objectify me. Yeah, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah.
0: So in this scenario, it's not it's not the woman's role. you would mm-hmm. say to to heed no. his seemingly god-given whatever you know what i mean no
1: i think that's i mean women
0: should get away from
1: him he's dangerous yeah but that's if he you know he needs to realize And i'm saying okay now what do you do if you want to change if you don't want to change then just you should probably just be a hermit and get away from people because Mm. you're not safe Mm. but for someone who wants to change the response is different Hmm. but it's still not on the woman
0: Hmm. yeah that's very interesting it's something i think you know it's an interesting topic because i do think that men and women are starting to realize somewhat what purity culture has done to us like for me it's still kind of foggy like how has Mm -hmm. this affected me completely but I think sometimes that stems from that thinking like oh I have objectified women or and women can do this to men too it's oh, just not as yes. common I,
1: yeah definitely I and, want it we should put that in. yes like, of course it's not just a
0: men and women thing it can but go both ways it can it's definitely it definitely
1: can w- women can be visual too yeah <laughs> it
0: is more I believe Maria brought up some statistics yeah, there is, it's statistics, it's, yeah. it's more common for it, yes the man woman thing but like, it doesn't mean
1: that if you fall into the less common yes. category that there's something wrong with you oh yes absolutely it does not no. mean that it no. just means statistically is a slight there's a smaller percentage yes nothing more
0: yes and i yeah and so i think sometimes some of these responses come from people who are trying to almost rectify this and be like i have objectified women or men or whatever and so i'm, I'm telling you this to try and but you're right when we do that we still are putting subtle blame on that person yeah instead of handling the problem our own yeah. our own issue and, deal, and learning how to deal with with a person I just wanted to run a, a real life scenario by you before we finish. So thanks for indulging me. And yeah, thanks for sharing all your thoughts on purity culture and what it's you know done to us, how it's impacted our, our generation and for following my rabbit trails wherever they thank, led. Thank you for having me. You are truly a kindred spirit. Be sure to check out our show notes for a list of resources mentioned in this episode. If this episode was meaningful to you, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash deconstructing the myth so that episodes like today's keep coming.